everybody. This is Jenna. And I'm Noelle. And you're listening to More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. Join us on a weekly tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our freaky Friday. You got it. (laughs) I almost didn't. Hello and welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. It is the month of October. It is, and everything is spooky, and it's the best time of year, and I just, I love it. I want to carve pumpkins and watch scary movies, and I have eaten my weight in motherfucking candy. I have not yet. We have a bowl, because I don't have kids, so I don't do the trick-or-treating, yeah. and we also don't get trick-or-treaters, so I've told myself, you know what, from the start of Printland September <clears throat> to the end of October, I have a bowl full of candy I at mean, all times. I, all times. I mean, I, I would do. I just, for some reason, haven't I know. had any. I know, and is like, I'm not buying that candy. Every week we go grocery shopping, I get my <laughs> fucking candy. So, yes, it is the best time of year. Restart to install more friggin' updates window? God oh my god. Damn, I just need one. Always with these damn computers. Always. <sighs> so, this past year of More Than Murder, we have covered multiple haunted places from homes to hotels and prisons. Mm-hmm. One thing we haven't really talked much about, though, are haunted objects. Yes. And for this episode more specifically, Haunted dolls. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Can these objects be vessels in which a spirit may reside? Or maybe can they be home to much much worse? It's possible. Who knows? Who knows what can reside inside of these dolls? I mean... Each story will kind of have a different uh, take on it. Okay. So, yeah. How many stories do we have today? I will be covering three dolls. Three dollies. Three dolls, yeah. And, you know, we just love these listicle-type episodes here at MTM. They are... They're fun to write... They are fun to do. You get little snippets of everything. I, I'm sure I think they'd probably be fun to listen to. So, yeah. Some that I'm going to cover today may be really well known and some may not. You never know. Mm-hmm. Firstly, <laughs> we're going to start with the one and only Annabelle. The very famous. Yes. Yeah. We'll start with the most famous. Everyone should have probably heard about Annabelle. By now, at least. If you've seen any of the Conjuring movies. I was going to say, thanks to pop culture. Yes. If you've, I mean, she has been a keynote in, you know, the first one, and then she got her own spinoff movies, and... My husband and I are Conjuring freaks. We love the Conjuring universe. We love Insidious, which Mm -hmm. is by James Wan as well. So we love the concept of those movies. He really loved Annabelle. We've seen them all in theaters or drive-ins or whatever. So hopefully he's listening and learns about the true story of Annabelle. Because, of course, Hollywood. Uh Now... The real Annabelle is actually pretty unassuming looking. Yeah. You wouldn't she see her like and be like, Ann. ooh, she's literally a Raggedy Ann. Yeah. A big old Raggedy Ann doll, big smile on yep. her face, that red hair. I think I had one that looked very similar to her, or my mom did. I, somebody in my family <laughs> did that I played with. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I was young, got like a life-size ra- like rag doll, but it wasn't yeah. the Raggedy Ann. She yeah. looked a little different and had like a different outfit on, but I... It was some sort of rag doll, yeah. I loved that thing, man. I took it every time I went to the hospital or anywhere I had to go that I was scared. I was hugging that thing. (laughs) I that thing came with me everywhere. So gotta love rag dollies. Yes, yes. So we start in 1970 when a nurse named Donna received Annabelle as a gift. So it was a birthday gift for her. She was like in her 20s, so she's older. But hey, you never know. Some people might just have an affliction with dolls. 
I want to go way back. I want to know who gave her the doll, where that person came from, who made it. It's probably Well, it's food. just a doll. Probably food. Well, I know it's just a doll. No, you could buy any Raggedy Ann. So I think it was purchased at the store, and Raggedy Ann was, she just bought the doll new and gave it to her as a gift. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was like a family member, probably like her mom. Okay. I yeah, it wasn't anything like that. <clears throat> Nothing like the down. movie, you think, you know, because in the movie, the lore is so deep, and it's like years and years and years. I haven't really watched all of them. Not such the case here. I mean, they get kind of dumb. <clears throat> yeah, like, you like, get the first Annabelle, and then you get, like, Annabelle creation, and then, like, there's, like, There's a stopping them. point. There, there is. Yeah, and, yeah. And the story really... Chucky. I mean, any, any type of doll. Yes. Movie, it's yes, like, okay. Yes. And yeah. one of our dolls apparently inspired loosely Chucky. Chucky. So uh-huh. yeah. we'll get into that kind of, but not really. I mean, I do love a good Chucky movie, but... Still, but you get to a point where it's, yeah, like, it's like, all right, a, we gotta stop. Yeah, we it's killer doll is not scary anymore. I actually just watched a show on sequels, and they talked yeah. about how sequels, some sequels work and some don't, mm-hmm. and how Chucky worked was they brought humor into it and they made it more of a humor thing because mm-hmm. he was doing the same thing over and over and over again in these movies, and it gets fucking old. Yeah, let me chant and and you know come back to life as this doll, or you know, know. he's always trying to get out of the doll's His body. Fucking bride. Ugh. Yeah. Tiffany. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, the story of Annabelle is not like Hollywood made it. You know, there are bits and pieces, yeah. like the two nurses. That first beginning scene in the first Conjuring is probably the most accurate portion of it. So, she received the doll, and the doll became a decor piece in the apartment, which she shared with a fellow nurse named Angie. So, Donna and Angie are sharing an apartment. They both seemed to like the doll, thought it was a cute addition, you know, just kind of sat in her bedroom or sat out in the living room. Strange things did start happening around the doll pretty quickly. Apparently, Annabelle would move around the apartment on her own. Mm -hmm. They would leave for work. The doll would be on the sofa, and then they'd get home. The doll would be behind the closed door of Donna's bedroom. You know, just weird things like, where did you leave Annabelle? What position was Annabelle in today? I start going nuts, like, God damn, I keep forgetting where I left this thing. Exactly, and, like, the fact that, you know, she would be sitting kind of, like, cross-legged, and then she would kind of shift in, like, little little ways that you might not even notice. So... Donna and Angie also claimed to have found notes around the apartment. They usually had, like, help me written on them. Hmm. Now, the way that they explained it was that these notes were on parchment paper, and it wasn't a paper that they had in the home. So it was even weirder for them. They were like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it's not like a post-it with, like, written help me like you could find in my house. It was, like, this parchment paper. They didn't have any on hand, and it was like, who the fuck's writing these? Which you'll see from the blog. You got this. This doll is made with like mitten type hands. There's it doesn't have a no fingers thumbs, or anything. So there's yeah. not a way it could like have lodged a pen exactly in its hand. It's very strange. It's yeah. very strange. Now the final straw before they finally get some outside uh, um, help for Annabelle was when Angie's boyfriend Lou was actually physically hurt. Huh. So, he had been staying with them or lived with them. I'm unclear on the deets, but he was in the apartment at the time sleeping, and he was alone. He claims to have heard, like, rustling or shuffling coming from Donna's room. He went to check it out. He finds Annabelle lying flat on the floor and immediately feels an intense pain across his chest. When he looks down, he had huge claw-like marks across his chest. Okay. Not sure if they were, like fully cut and bloody or if they were just like 
you know, the raised type of like welted, welted scratch. skin. Exactly. Yeah. They did say that they went away very quickly. It yeah. wasn't like it was probably more of welting, but it's still welting. Exactly. Hurts. Exactly. And you can feel it and it's that it burns. burning. Yeah. It's like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. So scared half to death, the girls call in a medium to figure out what the actual fuck is going on. That's usually what they did back in the days. I hope this medium has all these questions answered for me because I have lots of questions. They're not going to have any questions answered for you. Well, kind of, kind of. We find a little bit of the origin, what we feel is the origin. Mm -hmm. So naturally with the medium, they hold a seance. They discover that inside the doll is the spirit of a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins. So if you remember the movie, that is accurate. And she was apparently found dead on that same property many years ago before it was an apartment building. I don't have exact dates. I did go back and I could not find anything on a girl. I was going to say, let's do an episode on Annabelle Higgins. I looked. I looked on Find a Grave. I looked. Yeah. I can't find. And that's the thing is sometimes... A lot of people believe that the Warrens are hacks. Mm -hmm. A lot of people believe them. The Warrens are the only ones who still talk on this case. Donna and Angie have not said anything. The father who apparently did the seance never said anything. I can't find anything from the medium. So at this point, it is very much lore and what has been passed down and what the Warrens have said about the doll and, and the origins of the doll. So... We I can't mean, know for sure. <laughs> Maybe, you know, eh, whatever, got to clear our throat. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was like Annabelle, maybe they got the date wrong and Annabelle Higgins died like pre- records. Like, not pre-records. No, it like, could be, and I didn't even find a date in I'm my... I'm just going to hope that's what it, that's, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's, I'm that, just that's saying the benefit I of the doubt I'm giving them, I guess. Yes, yes. Is this, is this some spirit from very, very, very long ago? Because yeah. I didn't have dates. I didn't get a lot of, like, the deep, you know, things that you want to get from who Uh the spirit is. You know, it was just, nope, seven-year-old girl, Annabelle Higgins, who was found dead on that property, which happened to be built into the apartments that they live in now. Okay. So, with this knowledge and the feeling that Annabelle was no danger to them, Donna and Angie allow the spirit to stay inside of the doll and continue living with them. That's basically what Annabelle said in the seance was, I just want someone to love me. You guys love me. You know, why should they help me then? Well, we're going to get into what it's because she wants to be friends, I guess. Maybe. So, with this, you know, once the doll is able to be consented and used that way, and and Don and Andrew are like, Yeah, sure, come on, stay, things get worse. The activity heightens a lot of things. I think it's the same type of activity, but it's happening a lot more rapidly. It's happening more intensely. Mm -hmm. So in come Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm -hmm. If you are unaware of them, Ed and Lorraine, I'm sure we could do... I I will probably put it on the schedule as an episode because I've been thinking about it for a while. A whole episode on them and their work. Um, The footnotes version, basically, Ed was a demonologist. Lorraine was a medium, and they consulted, you know, in the early, like, 60s, 70s, Mm -hmm. 80s on a ton of paranormal investigations. Mm -hmm. Probably the most famous was Amityville. Mm -hmm. So they, there is some discussion on them recently. Some people are like, you know, they were quacks. They don't know what they're talking about. A lot of the stuff that they have 
you know, written books about have been discounted later on, even the the Conjuring movie, what that was based on. So a lot of people aren't sure what they think on Ed and Lorraine. I personally don't even know. I have to mm-hmm. do a lot more research yeah. and, and, and kind of dig a bit more because I was like, Same. best paranormal investigation ever. Ed and Lorraine are the best, you know, but I did do a little bit of digging and I'm like, eh. I don't know how I feel. So mm-hmm. take everything with a grain of salt. But once they come in, the Warrens start to believe that instead of a spirit of a lovely little girl, the doll was actually inhabited by a demon. Okay. According to an article on allthatisinteresting.com, when the Warrens spoke on the Annabelle case, they said they stated, quote, spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. The spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host, end quote. So they believe that, you know, this this demon, and they do say that about kid spirits and things could very well be a demon. Mm-hmm. They're going towards that natural you know, comfort around children that people have. And they want you to feel comfortable around the spirit when, in turn, you might not want to. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, what they felt was probably happening with this doll. And obviously the Warrens ordered an exorcism, as they usually did. I'd say probably most of their cases ends in an exorcism or has an exorcism. everything's a demon. And... They were very religious. That is something that I do kind of struggle with with the Warrens. You know, we have a different opinion on religion. Well, it also makes no sense because from my experience with friends in the past who were, you know, had Christian ties or whatever, that they don't believe in ghosts. That Ghosts don't exist. They're all demons tricking you. Yep, yep, yep. And so how can Lorraine pretend to be a medium if she doesn't, if... Well, I like, think that is why all of their hauntings turned demonic. Yeah, because it of was the religion. Demonic. And and I think most of like they'd use the term poltergeist and things like that and but a lot of the time it went to demonic. This mm-hmm. spirit is demonic. There is a demon here. We have to exercise like it yeah. always turned into that. And that's where I have a hard time is like you know, Ed I think started to do his own exorcisms and he was like, you know, I'm a demon and Exorcisms, no, you have to be a priest. You have to get that cardinal in Rome to be like, sure, do this. Like, it just, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot there that I just, I don't know. So, we will have an episode on them where we will get real deep into it. And Mm -hmm. it'll probably just be a bitch session for like two hours. But we'll do it for y'all. Okay. Um, After they ordered the exorcism, they decided that Annabelle would probably be safe to, safest in their care so they i don't believe that's the hardest part i don't think that they believed that they could exercise the doll i think they were just cleansing the home and the apartments and then taking the doll somewhere where it could be inhabited and safe that's what i'm taking from it okay because they were like yeah she needs to come home and she ends up you know being put in the special case and uh, we'll get into it so Once they have um, Annabelle in their car, buckled in safely, I'd assume, they start to drive home with her. And things start to kind of go bad for them. They start to have car problems, most notably brake failures. And they reported that they almost had a few accidents, but they were able to kind of, like, save it. 
Not sure how. I've driven on no brakes. It's fucking scary. The e-brake, hopefully. Hopefully. And it might have been standard. I know, you know, standard cars, you can really maneuver the fuck yeah. out of them and, and, you know, drive without brakes a little easier. But mm-hmm. Lorraine was able to keep control of the car. Ed doused Annabelle in holy water. And then things were back to normal. Mm, okay. I know. I know. It's uh, it's hard. So, anyway, Annabelle was put on display inside the Warrens' home where they kept an occult museum. She was placed in a wooden and glass box. And this was specifically made for her. It had inscriptions of the Lord's Prayer as well as St. Michael's Prayer. And Ed was also known to do, like, regular blessings over the box. And, you know keep it keep it gucci i just um, wish they didn't just jump like they yeah, they, they did. were so religious though they were like the height like the biggest roman catholics you could have ever well imagined. that's the thing and it's like so you do this you know you figure out who it is and they allow it to stay and then the activity ramps up well maybe because the, the ghost now felt comfortable you told it it could stay maybe it yeah. felt comfortable and at home yeah, and exactly. they didn't decide to investigate more they're just like oh more activity at the demon. And at that time, you know, like before the the Warrens came in, I guess the father was called first, and then, then the father would call the Warrens because of their affiliation mm-hmm. with the church and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that at that time, religion was a lot bigger in the 70s. More people were more religious. It was more of a thing mm-hmm. that you did, you know, even growing up with me. I My grandparents were Catholic. I'm Catholic. I went to church. I went to school. started breaking that bond pretty early but still it was just something you did so i think that was we're being haunted call a priest that's Mm -hmm. what you did first and foremost and then the warrens would get involved so back then it was very religious anyway yeah and it's it's weird it's just weird because my family was different i guess yeah, and even now, I Like, mean, my grandparents were the last one to go to Catholic school. Dad went to Catholic school for a little bit, or had to go to church, I think, and then that didn't last long. He went to public school, and I took, my mom went to public school. We, we None of us ever went to church. After. I'm surprised I even went to freaking Catholic school, because my dad was the first one to go to public school, because yeah. he had not a good time in Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. His nuns hated him, so... <laughs> I mean, I I don't know, but it's just, it's that cyclical thing. Mm -hmm. Your grandparents do it, and then you do it, and you you follow along, and uh, yeah, Yeah. who knows, but we're different now. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so unfortunately, the occult museum, I don't don't believe is still open. Mm -hmm. I I tried to find it, it's hard to find, but the Warrens passed away. I'm surprised Zach doesn't have Annabelle. I know. Doesn't he? No, he doesn't. He does have a haunted doll, which I was going to cover, but I didn't. Okay. Because there wasn't too much about her. What's that it was name, just for reference? Lily. Lily. Okay. Her name is Lily. Yep. Okay. Um, And literally all I could find was like a post from him on Lily yeah. on his Facebook. And I was like, I'm not going to copyright Zach Bagan's freaking post for my episode. Sorry about it. I want an article in history and facts. Yeah. And like this deep thing to do an episode. But she might make an appearance in one of our episodes. Sure. Um... So I lost my train. Oh, yes. So the Occult Museum, I don't know what they're doing with it. I think because Ed Lorraine's daughter married a man. (laughs) She wishes. (laughs) Married a man that I wishes. um, That, like, helped out in a lot of these cases with the Warrens. They were very close. So their daughter's older. She was like, she was like. 
This lady got with a pretty older guy. No, she was like teenager, almost older than that when like, because they were were doing doing this stuff late into life. Okay. I mean, Ed was having heart attacks and like failing health, but still going into these homes and, you know, so, so yeah, the daughter, I mean, the daughter right now is probably 60. Oh, okay. So she was a lot older than, she didn't marry like an 80 year old man and he was, (laughs) he was a younger man when he helped out with them and, and assisted. So I think that they probably have those same interests. I think they want to keep the museum going, Yeah. but it was just in their home. Ed and Lorraine died, and there were zoning issues. So as of 2019, I think it is closed. I don't know if it's going to open back up. Well, hopefully they do but, the objects. I want some of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because everything is from a case that they did. Yeah, I want, I want some of, at least I one know. object. Or at least have Even someone if it's a tiny like Zach get it so that yeah. people can visit and see these things yeah. and... Definitely, if you do see Annabelle, listen to that sign that says positively, do Do not not fucking touch. Don't touch it. I don't care what you say. We don't play with that. I don't know. I don't believe you're demonic, Annabelle. I think you just said, "Mm, they said I could stay, so I'm kicking my feet up and I'm staying. Yeah, true that, true that. They gave her, they literally gave her permission. I just feel like now she'd probably be pissed. After all these years, she's probably pissed. Like, okay, they said yes, and now these people come in. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. They try to push out my spirit, and now they take me, and I'm behind this glass box. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, if she is just this seven-year-old girl, who knows? Let her out. (laughs) So, our next haunted doll is Okiku. Okiku. Okay, now. She's cute. We're going to Japan here. Yes, love it. And I am not Japanese. I am as American white bread as they come, and I'm sorry if I say any of this wrong ahead of time. It's tough. Now, there are a couple versions of this legend floating around about Okiku, but the one I'm going to tell you is the most popular version. So if you've heard a little bit of a different version, which this happens with these dolls, this is just a different one that I found. So the doll was purchased in 1918 by Ikichi Suzuki. And he had gotten it for his three-year-old sister, Kikuko. Sorry, Kikuko. There's a lot of K's in there. She's a pretty doll. Yeah, she's very... Do you want to describe her? I don't have her described in here, but if you want to kind of describe what this doll looks like. She's wearing the the traditional Nice kimono, yeah. She's got a nice, really nice kimono going on. And she's got very long, dark hair with bangs. And a cute little face with, you know, uh, higher cheeks. Round face. face. It's very yes. round and like tiny little nose. Kind of. Big black eyes, but not in a scary way. <laughs> she doesn't look menacing to me. No. Um, no. Her face looks like it could be porcelain, not the hands, but it looks like, Something especially with that, the time yes, frame, it looks, it a looks like her more, face would be more, yeah, um, not like plastic or resin or anything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she's really cute. Her hands look like they're made out of fabric. It looks like her arms hang out just like, like a little fabric doll under there, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so uh, Ikichi purchased um, the doll for his three-year-old sister, and she immediately fell in love with this doll and took it everywhere with her. Okay. You know, just, that's adorable. Kids love doing that. You know, that one doll becomes their thing. Mm -hmm. Now, tragically, Kikuku passed away after catching an illness. I read that, like, it was like a cold type of thing, but back in 1918, it could have been... Spanish flu or anything. anything. It could have been TB, like... Things are floating around that could easily kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vaccines. So, with the death of their three-year-old, the family is just devastated. Mm-hmm. They decide to keep the girl's most 
precious possession, which is this doll, Okiku. They make a shrine to this doll. Oh, my God. So she haunts the doll? Well, I... Listen. Oh my God. I don't know. That's the thing. We don't know who is haunting this doll, but we know that the doll is doing some weird things. Okay. So they put up a shrine. I think this is more of a... It's something comforting. She mm-hmm. loved this doll so much. It was a gift from her brother. You know, just put it up. They are a very... They have very deep... They're... Oh, yeah. Extremely traditional. Yes. Very, very um, respectful. Exactly. That's all they... They respect their elders. They respect their deceased. They respect... Yes. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, they made a shrine to this doll, which was basically a shrine to their daughter. They prayed to it, and I think it brought some comfort to them. Mm -hmm. Now, the family noticed something very strange about the doll pretty quickly. When she got the doll, the doll had a short hairstyle, chin-length black hair... And straight across bangs. Okay, that that creeps me out because honestly, it does look like it could be real hair. The doll started growing hair. The hair was growing. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it still grows. So we'll get into that. Yep. So basically, that it was a chin length, and then by the time the daughter died, I think that they started slowly because hair grows slow. They slowly notice, like, oh, is that longer? Yeah. Is that longer? And then, yes, they notice that it's this like, hair yeah, this is not was, a... in fact, fucking growing. <laughs> wow. Okay? Yeah. All right. Wow. So, with this hair growing, a lot of people believe that the doll was haunted. Now, I don't know if the doll is haunted by the little girl or if maybe this doll had already been haunted. We don't know those facts. It's just they didn't start noticing anything until after she had passed. Exactly, exactly. And who knows, maybe that doll was haunted before, and that's why she loved that doll so much. You know, maybe she talked to the doll and had that, you know, imaginary friend you hear about. Or maybe it is a little girl spirit that loved this doll so much that, you know, went into the doll when she died. We don't know. Mm -hmm. The family ended up relocating some years later, and they, like, moved off of what they called the island Mm-hmm. And they decided that it would be best if um, Okiku stayed in the area. I'm not sure why. Aww. Must have been a traditional thing for them. But they were like, you, you're you here. This is your area. This is your home. We want to keep you here. I couldn't do that. That'd feel like abandoning my kid. The daughter. I know. Like that's I, why I was like, wow, how did they do this? How? That's surprising to me, actually. I, I would have like, held I, on to it so tight. That makes me tight. want to cry. <laughs> so tight. I know. You know I'm sentimental. Uh, I keep fucking everything. Oh, I know. If I thought my, this doll was haunted by my daughter, Dude, are you kidding me? Noelle's baby blankets are shreds <laughs> of fabric. Only one of them, and I don't use that one well, anymore, but I have like three others. But you still have it. And yeah. you only stopped using it, what, a year and a half ago? Maybe two? I still use my other ones. They make me comfy. But yes, <laughs> yes. A lot of people are very sentimental. And I could see definitely after a death of a person, those feelings changing. But yeah, I wouldn't some, leave that behind. It might have even been like a... No judgment to them, but as my personal... I would never... An internal thing. Like maybe the doll was making them feel like, I have to stay here. I don't want to go with you. We yeah, don't know maybe. the circumstances. So, the family entrusted Okiku to the monks at the Monenji Temple. Sorry if I said that wrong. And that is where she resides to this day. Huh. Okiku's hair is still actively growing, and it's around knee length now. Apparently, the monks give it regular trims. So, it would be a lot longer, but these the monks are trimming it, which the monks describe that I don't know when this happened I think the doll has been at the monks for a long time but 
one of the monks had a dream, like a prophetic dream, about cutting this doll's hair. And that was the doll letting it know, like, hey. I need a haircut. (laughs) You need to do this for me. And this is a way you can honor me. And, yeah, they they regularly trim the doll's hair. Right. That's why I said I don't get any negative and any negativity towards this doll No, that's why I said we get, like. It's doll. It's. We get all different types of, like, doll hauntings in this episode. Like, it's all over the map. It's super neat. Like, this doll is just growing hair. I love her. Now, I want my own Okiku. They do have like a shrine set up for Okiku inside the temple. People do go visit. No one can explain why the doll's hair grows, but a couple sources said that during an examination of the hair, they found that it was indeed human. human. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know how this doll was manufactured. I don't know anything about like the deep. You can kind of tell from the bottom of the strands that it looks like it could be a really, I don't know, it looks like it could be either It's weird, or yeah, because, like, my hair gets very stringy at Yeah, times, that's what I'm saying, and yeah. And that's kind of, like, sorry, Okiku, you have beautiful hair. Um, I have beautiful hair, too, but it does get stringy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about these dolls like they're people, and I'm going to respect them because don't come for me, girl. So, yeah, I don't know. She could just have that stringy hair. And who knows how, how it's growing and how they cut it. I mean, I'm sure these monks did not go to cosmetology school. They'd just be using, you know, to Straight do across. Exactly. I'm, I'm wondering if it's haunted by whoever's hair is on its head. Who, yeah, exactly. I they mean, that know. could have been made from a person uh-huh. or a little kid or somebody who uh-huh. had passed. And that's mm-hmm. why it was such short hair. And then yeah. that's also why the little girl was attracted to it. Because it was a little kid that was trapped already in the doll. Yep. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. You never freaking know. Yeah. You don't. So, other than that, yeah, she is a big mystery. I really like Okiku. But, I would uh, love to visit her one day. I know, me too. Yeah. Me too. We got to go to Japan. I would love to. Oh, I know. I would just be like, hi, Okiku. Can I cut That's your hair? A beautiful place. Isn't it? Oh. So, last but certainly not least, we have drum roll, please. Robert the Doll. Save the best for last. I mean,. Some may argue that Robert is the most haunted doll in the world. And once I tell you the story, we'll let you guys be the judge of it. But I think he's a pretty cool dude, and we're going to get into why I'm being so fucking nice. <laughs> now, he uh, may be one of the best-known haunted dolls, especially for his unique appearance. Mm-hmm. This He's, like, made of cloth, and he stands three feet tall it's a tall fucking doll Mm -hmm. and he also wears a sailor's uniform his facial details are super simple they basically just consist of like outline stitching um ears that are made of like fabric and then like black bead eyes Mm -hmm. it's like literally it he's super simple now there are a couple different legends the one that i'm going to talk about the most is that he received this doll as a gift from his grandfather and who did um sorry the the boy that i'm going to talk about robert eugene otto oh okay but there's also a story that like the autos had a uh housekeeper who was into voodoo and she was treated wrong so Mm -hmm. she got this doll and she cursed it with voodoo and then gave it to robert so there is that side of the story but based on where the doll came from it was made by a manufacturer in germany the manufacturer who actually made the first teddy bear I believe that his grandfather probably did buy it for him. Yeah. And the manifestation of the haunting is more about the connection this this little boy had with this doll. So, 
He was gifted to a young boy by the name of Robert Eugene Otto, which most of the time he goes by Gene. So that is what I'm going to refer him to because we have Robert and Robert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder why his doll is called Robert. Anyway, <laughs> so Gene loved this doll. So much so that he named it Robert after his own self. He even dressed the doll up in his own clothing. So that sailor uniform belonged to Gene as a kid. Okay. Okay. The two were inseparable. Gene took Robert virtually everywhere with him. And given the size of this doll, that's pretty hard to do. It's not just a little doll that you put under. Like, this was probably the size of him. Yeah, I know. It's three My feet tall. brought around a giant Mickey Mouse for the it's just, time. you know, wrapped around him, bringing it everywhere yep. with him. So, apparently, Gene would even talk to Robert as if he were a real person. And he often, like talked about him to his parents as if he was a real person. Mm -hmm. So this doll to him was real. He often blamed naughty behavior on the doll as well. So the infamous Robert did it is a very infamous line when talking about this doll. And that stuff spanned from like, I guess, toys ending up mutilated as the sources put it, but my brother popped the head off my Barbies and shit. Like, yeah, my kid. kids destroy toys. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. my kid literally acts like all of his Pokemon stuffies are actually alive and they're his friends, and he walks around with his friends all the time. Yeah, I mean, and they're alive to him. So yeah, and I mean, kids will be kids. Either yeah, way, and so. like just the the word of like the use of the word mutilate just to make it sound like more grotesque. Like, yeah, I mean, people. People are like that with dolls. Doesn't mean they're crazy. Honestly, little boys can be pretty morbid. I was just telling my mom last night how macabre my son is. And she's like, that's just honestly how boys are. And I'm like, dude, this kid is so macabre sometimes. And I'm just like, Jesus. Uh So, yeah, they can be. I feel like I can also be. be (laughs) (laughs) I got a very dark sense of humor. But, you know, it's hey, hey. We're all here for a reason. Don't worry. Yeah. So his parents thought the relationship with the doll was a bit strange, especially how close the boy was with Robert. I guess Gene would also, like, whisper to the doll. And on occasions, his parents believed they heard a deep voice talking back. Okay, that's creepy. Yeah, so I don't know if Gene was doing both voices, but apparently Gene would be like, Hi, Robert, how are you? Good, then, thanks, how are right? you? Right? <laughs> yeah, something freaky like that. But who knows, maybe maybe Robert was talking as the doll. I don't know. Some people have very rich imaginations. A little boy, it's hard for them to make their voices deep. That, that. deep, I know, yeah. exactly. For me, not that hard. Right. Little boys <laughs> haven't gone through puberty. That's, yeah. No, no. So, it's it's super, super weird. When Gene was older and started on his path in life, Robert was never far behind. Gene went on to study art and even met his wife, Anne, while studying in Pelly. Mm, nice. Yes, yes. He was an artist. She loved music. So, they were just this, this cool contemporary couple. Mm-hmm. And... They eventually moved back to Key West, which is where, you know, Gene grew up. And they lived in a lavish home, which they called the Artist House. I did include a picture of that because it is a super cool motherfucking house. Beautiful. It is also apparently haunted. Love it. And it's a bed and breakfast. Love it. So that is the Artist House. I'll be going there when I go to Key West. It's gorgeous. So that is where Robert would come and he would paint and he would do his art. Sorry, Gene, not Robert. Robert's the doll. Fucking A. Robert's also the person, so don't... It is, know. but it, it's it's all... <laughs> I know. So, anyway, Robert the doll obviously came along, and he even had his own area in the home with toys, 
furniture and his own teddy bear. And apparently this was, like, in the attic area. Like, you can see that really pretty area of the house with, like, that Uh pitched roof or whatever. That was Robert's area. It's also apparently where Gene liked to go to paint. So he would spend a lot of time with his doll painting, soaking up the sunlight. Okay? Okay. Anne was not a big fan of this doll. So that is the reason that he was kind of banished to the attic because Anne was like, no, your doll is not living in our bedroom, probably. Like, he probably wanted to bring him to dinner and, you know, have him live his life with them. Yeah. Hey, you never know. No, no, yeah. You're Robert right. is real. Robert is a real entity. He is he, him, I believe. I'm guessing your pronouns. Sorry, Robert. Don't come for me. And, yeah, so he probably wasn't very happy, but he was banished to the attic. Luckily, Gene made it very nice for him to live. Kids claimed, like, when they would walk by the home, that they could see Robert moving from the window. So it was always a good area to watch when you were walking home from school. Visitors heard footsteps coming from the attic. Attic. (laughs) Attic. As well as sounds of giggling. Okay. Robert loved to giggle, apparently. Robert was also very protective of his dear friend, Gene, and it said that if anyone was heard bad-mouthing him, Robert could change his facial expressions. So this <laughs> doll would have, like, a like a kind of perturbed look on his face, especially if someone was, like, talking bad about Gene. Don't be doing that. Sadly, Otto passed away in 1974, and Robert, with his haunting backstory, was donated to the Martello Museum in Key West, where he sits to this day. Huh, of course, covered behind glass. Mm-hmm. Robert is a very popular exhibit at the museum, and visitors flock to check out the eerie doll with supernatural powers. Now, there is a special level of care that, that does need to be taken when you visit Robert, such as you must ask Robert permission before you attempt to take his picture. And you must also, like, if you want to record him, ask his permission as well. Okay? What if he doesn't answer? He won't answer, but you would need to at least ask the permission. People who do not ask permission, they go home and they die. Like, literally, people have been in, like, car accidents and shit, broken bones, fucking bad shit. So, we love you, Robert. (laughs) So, um, you want to go in with kindness and respect towards Robert. Some, of course, report scary, almost life-threatening occurrences that have happened if they disrespect or shrug off Robert. So, like, if you go in there and you're just like, shit happens to those people. Those people end up writing letters to Robert. They're addressed to Robert, not to the museum there, to Robert. And basically, you know, they they say sorry, they apologize to him, and then the stuff kind of goes back to normal in their life. So there was nothing insinuating that this doll was haunted at all the whole time really besides this kid talking to it and treating it I mean it would talk they heard like talking back they thought that it was doing the things to the toys you know like little just weird things well because he was blaming it on the doll basically yes yes, okay yeah and the only thing people here say have seen is that his facial expressions have changed which is really hard because of the way it's stitched like that and that he moves and he has absolutely no facial features at all he does not have that's the weirdest part like I don't so I Maybe his eyebrows, because you can see that he does have clear eyebrows. So I think it's like a disdainful thing where, like, his his face will change slightly. He moves around. um, They hear footsteps. He giggles and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, he was a lifelong companion of this guy. So I don't know if that was – that's probably the biggest part of the lore 
Um, but yeah, yeah, he is, uh, he's that doll that is super apparently haunted and you do not want to cross him. You do not want to say anything negative about him, especially if you go and visit, make sure that you ask to take your, you know, ask to take his picture and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I also, I heard, I can't remember, but I watched a documentary, I think on Robert and I heard like, even from far away, he's listening, he's paying attention. So, like, if you're in Cincinnati and he's in, you know, Key West and you're talking crap about Robert, he's going to get you. So, I just want to close this out with we love you, Robert. Thank you, Robert, for letting us, you know, tell your story in our episode of More Than Murder. And hopefully we will be there to visit you someday to see what's going on. Yeah. They do say that, like, you know, when you're visiting him, the regular paranormal stuff happens, like, camera failure, technology failure, draining mm-hmm. batteries and things like that too. Hmm. So, yep, yep. Yeah. So, right. those are our haunted dolls. My favorite is Okiku. I love Okiku. Isn't she cool? That yes, hair? I know. Oh, I do have a love for Robert just because he's Robert and he's just such a unique looking looking fella. But, uh, yeah, that's all we have for this week. Make sure to subscribe. You can get all the episodes when they drop on Freaky Fridays. We're available on every platform now. Everyone. Um, Have been since, you know, almost a year ago now. Next week will be our year, our our hitting of the year. So join us then. Uh, Follow us on our socials, TikTok at More Than Murder Pod. YouTube at More Than Murder. I'm not farting. I'm stretching in my lawn chair, you guys. Oh, the lawn chair is awful. I'm trying not to move too much because, like, you can hear I couldn't help it. It's just, ugh. Felt like I hadn't stretched all morning. Um, We have some great content that we'll be working on for both of those channels. Make sure you subscribe. That way you don't miss a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also find us on Facebook at More Than Murder. Twitter at More Than Underscore Murder. And Instagram at More Than Murder Pod. Yes, 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 yes. Smashed it. Smashed it, just like you will do to that YouTube bell. Exactly. Um, (laughs) We would also appreciate if y'all would leave us some reviews. I just went Southern for a second. We'll be working so hard to get you all the content. So in return, if you could shout us out, leave us a review, that would be amazing. And it will help us grow. Yes. Like a flower, you have to water us. Mm-hmm. Your reviews are our water that helps us grow. Yeah. You like that? And Can you visualize it? Your Close shares your are our sunshine. <laughs> we should start another podcast where we do like sleep stories and we just like <laughs> do shit like that. <laughs> anyway, if you want to reach out about any of our episodes, you have you just want to have a chat. Maybe you've gone and seen Robert. Maybe something happened to you after you disrespected our boy Robert. Let us know. You can email us about that, more than murderpod at gmail.com. Also, email us if you have a uh, cool story and you want to be on our Windbag Wednesdays. Yes, please. We are looking for guests for that. We're looking for windbags. So, we're also windbags. <laughs> Don't take it as an offense. We're all windbags. We're all windbags here. We're just windy. So, yes, that's how she wrote. We love you guys. That's how she wrote. We love we're you. out of here. Thank you for listening. As always. As always. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.